Welcome to Words and Ways, a mini podcast from Young Life, where our goal is to get to know and become more like Jesus each day. One of the best ways to do this is to spend time in God's Word. But sometimes, the stories in the Bible get so familiar that we might stop expecting to see and learn new things. So join us each week as we dive into Scripture, believing that there's always more to see, always more to learn, and always more to experience. Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 through 21. As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and had compassion on them and healed their sick. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place. It's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, That isn't necessary. You feed them. But we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here, he said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven, and blessed them. Then, breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples, who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward, the disciples picked up twelve baskets of leftovers. About five thousand men were fed that day, in addition to all the women and children. Almost two thousand years ago near the Sea of Galilee, with just one small lunch, Jesus miraculously fed five thousand people. At least, that's what most modern Bibles say. They usually title this story, The Feeding of the 5,000. But that's not a very good title since there were actually 5,000 men plus many more women and children. Maybe the story should be called The Feeding of 5,000 Families. Or maybe the attendance numbers, though impressively large, aren't the most important thing. This is the only miracle besides Jesus' resurrection that shows up in all four Gospels, So something significant must be happening here, something that we might miss if we get stuck on just the huge numbers. This story of Jesus and a hungry crowd in a remote outdoor place is preceded by a story of a different leader, Herod, and a different crowd in a royal indoor palace. Herod was the tetrarch of that region, which meant he ruled one quarter of a larger area. But Tetrarch was a pretty lame title, so he often called himself king. On that day, Herod, the self-proclaimed king, was hosting a magnificent birthday banquet for himself. He'd invited all the important people in Galilee, including high government officials, renowned military leaders, and esteemed citizens. Everyone who was anyone was there, though there's no specific mention of women and children. As part of the celebration, Herod's niece danced for the guests. Herod himself was so entranced by the performance that he promised to give her whatever she wanted. Well, she first consulted with her mother, who also happened to be Herod's new wife, but had previously been Herod's brother's wife, who Herod married after first divorcing his own previous wife. So his niece was also now his stepdaughter. What a mess. His new wife had a deep grudge against John the Baptist because he'd blasted her for the messy tangle of destroyed relationships. 
and she hated him for that and wasn't going to miss a chance at revenge. So she told her daughter to ask Herod for the head of John the Baptist, Jesus' own cousin who'd recently baptized him in the Jordan River. Well, Herod immediately regretted his promise because he personally admired John the Baptist, but he'd made the vow in front of countless VIPs and he couldn't afford to back down. So he delivered John's head to his niece, who then delivered it to her mother. The Bible paints a clear image here of a weak, foolish, self-serving, self-preserving, self-proclaimed king who, at his own birthday celebration and feast, willingly killed one of his own honored subjects just to protect his own image. All of which brings us back to the story of Jesus in the countryside with thousands of hungry people. Jesus was originally there in order to be alone and mourn for his brutally beheaded cousin. But as so often happened, a crowd showed up and his private mourning was interrupted. Not for just a few minutes or a few hours, but for an entire day. Mark tells us that Jesus had compassion on the crowd because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And so he began to teach and heal. And when evening rolled around, the crowd was still there. The disciples told Jesus that he should send the crowd away because, they said, the people would be hungry. And maybe also, though they didn't say this out loud, because they themselves were hungry and wanted a break. And as he so often did, Jesus responded in a surprising way. He told the disciples that they should feed the people. In Mark's gospel, the disciples were outraged by this. Well, that would take half a year's wages, they said. Think how much work we'd have to do, they said. As usual, the disciples thought first of themselves. Well, we know what happened next. Jesus blessed a small boy's lunch of just five small loaves of bread and two small fish. And the disciples were able to fully feed the entire crowd of many thousands. It was a shockingly enormous miracle. And then we're often told that the lesson of the story is this. Jesus will take our small offerings and multiply them beyond our wildest dreams. But that might miss the real point. Before feeding them, Jesus first had the crowd sit. And actually, the Greek word is recline. In that time and culture, people wouldn't sit at a table for a good meal. They would recline, especially at a banquet. Herod's guests would have been reclining at his birthday banquet. Maybe the story is intentionally telling us, hey, pay attention here. It's time for a banquet. Well, the people ate those five small loaves and those two small fish, and they ate, and they ate, and they ate until they couldn't eat anymore. In the ancient world, only the rich got to eat all they wanted. But here, in a place far away from any market or any palace, Jesus gave the people all that they could possibly eat. And his disciples, the ones who didn't have any food of their own to share and who thought Jesus should have sent the people away, well, they ended up with 12 baskets of leftovers, one for each of them. On that day, Jesus threw an extravagant banquet, something only kings would do in the ancient world. 
and his banquet was the opposite of Herod's, the self-proclaimed supposed king. Instead of being exclusive, just for leaders and rulers and important people, Jesus' banquet was for anyone and everyone, including all the women and children. Instead of happening in a luxurious palace, Jesus' banquet was in a place far removed from human splendor and riches. Instead of taking lives, Jesus' banquet gave life, not just through actual bread, but by him being the bread of life himself. Maybe instead of showcasing miraculous multiplication, this story is mostly showing the difference between Herod and every other self-proclaimed king and Jesus, the only true king of kings. Maybe our Bible should call this the story of the surprising royal banquet because it tells the story of a surprising royal king, one who wanders the countryside, welcomes everyone, doesn't view our presence as an interruption, teaches truth, heals the sick, gives life generously, and invites us all to recline and eat his bountiful banquet every single day of our lives. Thanks for joining us in the words and ways of Jesus. Check out the program notes for written scripts, discussion questions, and additional resources. Our hope is that the words and ways of Jesus transform your mind, fill your heart, and encourage your soul today and every day.